Welcome to The Diving Pod. I'm Alan Batigo, diver at Texas A&M. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Make sure you use our link tree in our Instagram bio that gets you linked up with Sideline Scout. At a minimum, check out their poolside live package. It's the best video replay in the business. Definitely an amazing uh, TiVo replacement. We're seeing more and more TiVo systems go out and people asking, hey, what, what do we get? Sideline Scout's the answer. Poolside Live is the answer. So make sure you get over there. Check it out. Um, finally, before we get to Alan, uh, Diving 101 is episode two. So if you're new to the sport or just want to know how the numbers and letters and scoring works, again, check out episode two, Diving 101. Awesome. So jumping right in here, Alan, just kind of take us and your listeners through your diving journey. We talked beforehand about how you're pretty new to it. Um, and how you got where you are. And then we'll kind of follow up mm-hmm. with, a recruiting, with a recruiting question after that. But just kind of walk us through your journey, man. Yeah, of course. Well, I initially started off my sports career in gymnastics. And it was super easy for me because my, my uncle was my coach. So I got to go to practice and it was like I was, I was seeing family and I had a lot of fun. And he was super, super like hard on me trying to make his, his uh, what is it, like nephew the best gymnast he can make. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I did it for about six years and it was, I was going in practice one day and I ended up tearing a muscle that connects your glute to your hamstring. Ooh. Yeah. It was, it was big deal. It was super crazy. Didn't know at the time, I didn't know how bad it was going to be, but we ended up going to the doctor and they say that, look, I can keep doing gymnastics, but if this injury happens again, that's, that's it. I might even have troubles like trying to run properly for the rest of my life. So we, we took a look at that and we're like, you know what, maybe time to stray away from, from gymnastics and see what other sports I could get into. And at the time, my cousin was doing diving and my aunt just looked at me and she was like, you know what, you, you flip and stuff. I mean, you might as well give it a shot see how see where it takes you. Mm-hmm. And I tried it. It was, I really, I tried it for a couple days after like once I was able to get around moving again. But I didn't really get into it and enveloped in the sport until it was the summer of my eighth grade year. That was whenever I really started to like, you know what, this is something that I could do. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at all the people at my club. I seem to be pretty all right. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was so enjoyable because as a gymnast, I loved flipping and the floor Mm -hmm. was my favorite thing. (laughs) And it, it got rid of all of the scary stuff for me for gymnastics and just gave me all the fun. So I immediately fell in love with it. And it's been just an amazing, amazing journey. Because I went from, I mean, very like low beginnings throughout my high school and just kind of working my way up slowly, a little bit under the under, under radar. For sure. No, nobody pretty much knew who I was. And then it was around my senior year in high school that I was going into my first junior nationals. And I was like, you know what? I really, I really got a shot at this thing. Like I'm looking at everyone. It's like, I mean, I know them, they don't know me, but I could do a lot of the things that these guys can do. (laughs) That's that's awesome. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get out there. I'm going to enjoy myself, give it all I've got and just kind of start putting myself out there and get myself recognized by all these people. And, you know, I've, I've been really, really grateful for all the opportunities that diving has given me. And it's been, Truly just one amazing journey that I'll never forget. 
That that's awesome. Well, that journey is still very early, I hope. Um, and and you hit a lot of things that we'll touch on in a little bit. But walk us through your recruiting process. I think you you've touched on that you were relatively kind of under the radar and you're diving mm-hmm. at Texas A&M. So walk us through kind of what schools you looked at and considered and what made you finalize that decision to Texas A&M. Well, I was looking at three major schools. The first one I was looking at was, was UT, mm-hmm. then LSU, and then finally A&M was the last place I talked, but the place I ended up going. Wow. Uh, well, I mean, my second year in diving, I went to UT dive camp, which was mm-hmm for me was amazing because I was exposed to a level of coaching that I had just never experienced before. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was great. And that was when Matt Scoggin really like noticed me. And he was like, I had a conversation with him, told him about my whole background. And I was like, just two years into diving, checking some stuff. And he was like, that's, he thought it was pretty cool. So um, no, he's always, he's always remembered me and I'm super grateful for that. But going into my senior year, me and him were talking and he was looking really forward, like he really wanted me on his team. And I was super excited to be on his team because mm-hmm. I hadn't looked at any other schools. And here I've got one of the big schools that I know of trying yeah. to talk to me. And I was like, you know what? I would love to go to that school. I know mm-hmm. the UT campus. I've been there several times and it's a beautiful place. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is where I'm going to end up going. But the deal breaker for me was that he, he keeps a, a, quite a bit of a smaller program than mm-hmm. some other schools. I mean, still big, but not as big as AM, and he was going to have to have me do a, a gap year. And I uh, looked at that and I was like, I really appreciate the offer, Matt, but I, I just can't do a gap year. And so then it came you. to started talking to LSU, talking, uh, talking with Doug. Mm-hmm. And at the same time I had started diving with Wendy and she was like, give, talk to AM. I'd love to keep you around <laughs> here. Right. And so I was, I was super grateful because Wendy was a big, big way for me to get to talk to Jay because I can't tell you how many emails I must have sent that guy, <laughs> right? And I got no responses. And I was like, I, it just it sucked because I was like, man, I really would like to go here now that I know UT isn't where I want to go. And I'm just not getting any responses from this guy. And thankfully, right. it's just because he's a little bit older, so he doesn't read his emails. But <laughs> yeah. I was able to pester Wendy enough that she got him to finally look at his emails. And I'm, it was my, I remember it because it was towards night, and I'm just at my girlfriend's house, and I get a call from Jay LaRue. And I'm like, okay, this, I'm going to go sit outside. I'm going to have a phone call. And everyone understood that it was potentially like I could get to go to this school, right? And I go out there and Jay had no, I like, he was just, so you're on the team then. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was just, I was so baffled. And I was like, I, I would love to be, I mean, is this, are you saying that I'm, I'm good to go on the team? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, no way. So I was super excited. <laughs> and I come back in and I'm like, I'm talking to everyone. And it's just, I, I got recruited. Like it was just, it was just so crazy to me because there was no like big fiasco of, oh, we're going to do this, this. It's just mm-hmm. one phone call with Jay and he's like, yeah, you're on. And it was just, <laughs> I loved it. So, and that kind of is how Jay t- goes about all of his tasks is, is it's just, let's do it and let's go. I mean, you want to do something, let's go. And so that's, that's, that's how my recruiting went. And I'm super grateful for all the people who have helped me, especially Wendy. That that's all you know, and so what was it besides Wendy that made Texas A and M such a 
like a place that kind of drew you to it? What was it about that school and that program? Uh, I just really liked how close I was to home because LSU, they have a great program. I mean, mm-hmm. whenever I was looking at there, they had Mamet and Mamet mm-hmm. is just a, a fantastic diver. Yeah. And it came down to, I was looking at it and I'm super close with my family. And so I took the choice that was going to inevitably like keep me close to my family. Cause on weekends now I'm able to go home and see my little brother. That's and so awesome. that's been a, that's been a really big part of, you know what? I really like being close to my family and it's college station was, had already become a second home. I loved the pool, the facilities that we had there, the dry land was amazing. And so all of these things added up. And whenever Jay said, you're on, I was like, yes, sir, I am. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. <clears throat> so I remember just seeing you briefly. The first time I got to watch you dive was at Winter Nationals in the pre-qualification meet. Um, those meets are usually pretty rare to see someone make it through. And you mm-hmm. did. And I was like, well, we got to watch out for this Allen guy, man. He's diving really well. And then not only that, when you made it to the meet you made it to the finals which was even more impressive so it was cool to hear your story you know as an outsider looking in just for that you know 10 minutes I saw you on the board I was like man Jay must have been hiding this guy because he's (laughs) unbelievable so it's actually like really funny to hear that it was like you know kind of I guess last phone call last minute like hey you want to be on the team like that's just cool yeah it was super fun super excited Yeah. Awesome. So you've had such a huge rise in the rankings very, very quickly. What do you contribute that to? I really have to contribute that to, to my teammates. I mean, starting in, I came into A&M and I, it was during COVID. So they NCAA wasn't allowing my year for recruiting trips. And because I was recruiting pretty late into my senior year, I mean, the places I was going to, I kind of didn't know about the team that I was going to be with. And I was so thankful that whenever I got there to meet people like Curtis Matthews and, yeah. and, and Victor, it's just all these big divers. And I got to saw what like really true, amazing potential was an amazing talent. And so kind of being around that amazing talent, you, you hold yourself to a higher standard. Yeah. And I have to say like all of the people that we've got, we have just an amazing like environment within our team that makes it so easy to just be yourself and to have fun at diving and to try to do the best that you can. And I mean, we just all guys that look out for each other's back and things like that. It's just, it makes it so easy to want to come into practice and do my best. And I think that's been really the biggest thing when it comes to progressing so far is just, if I have any questions, I can go and talk to Jay. I I mean, Victor Povsner has been diving since he was four years old. (laughs) <laughs> there's anybody that knows the ins and outs of this sport it's him so i can go to him and be like hey this thing jay's been telling me is i'm struggling with it what do you what words do you have like do you have any ideas and he'll give me a list of ideas i mean i can't tell you how many times we've sat at a coffee shop just reviewing video and i'll come into practice the next day and we've got these goals in mind and it's all right let's get to work let's do these things and we're going to get better and i think it just it it's a really good dynamic that me and him have because we bounce back and forth off of each other and it's allowed us to progress so much. Yeah. That, that I think you, you led perfectly into the next question here and that's, you know, Aaron and I have talked about it since really we watched Curtis. I think that, that, yeah. that discussion started last year, SECs into NCAAs and, and further on. 
it's a lot of like just big, powerful divers that the amplitude you guys get off the board, you know, what do you contribute that to? Like Aaron uses the word violent for Victor's t- hurdle. Like he, his, <laughs> Oh my God. Lord, it's yeah. violent. Like he is so aggressive, but like you're extremely powerful. Curtis is powerful. Rhett uses the board just as well as any, like you guys just yeah, use should... the board so well. Like mm-hmm. what, what do you guys contribute that to? We are lucky to have an amazing weights coach. I mean, there's so many different types of like weights programs that I've seen happen in diving. And I can honestly say that throughout all of them that I've been, Michelle, our weights coach is on it is just so amazing. And on top of that, we've got weights. And then we have Jay, who's just screaming at us, jump higher. And we're like, Jay, <laughs> we're, we're jumping as high as like we can. He's like, no, jump higher. And just, I, there's something about just hearing jump higher or jump high, get small that you end up just jumping higher. <laughs> and I think that's got a lot of a lot of contribution into why we we're such a strong team. And man, Michelle's weights program, you'll come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday feeling like like absolute garbage. <laughs> but whenever it goes time into that the the descent and we start deloading, I mean it, it feels like you're lighter, it feels like you're floating, just everything seems to work. Yeah. Well well, I think anytime Jay LaRue is yelling at you, that's gonna motivate you differently. I mean you probably don't remember this, but at Winter Nationals, oh, no. Oh, no. Aaron, Aaron had an amazing interaction with Jay. So Aaron <laughs> well, I was can the only imagine. So you know how well Aaron was the announcer for you guys while you were diving. And mm-hmm. so the the people in charge, the powers that be, told Aaron, said, Hey, tell them 10 minute warning and then the boards are clear. Okay, tell them five <laughs> minute warning, the boards are clear. All right, tell them the boards are clear. And so Aaron kept being like, All right, boards are clear, and Red <laughs> kept going. <laughs> And so Aaron's like, no, get off the board. And Jay's like looking at him, yelling. It looked like he was gonna rip Aaron's head off. And then I he was truly, up. I was terrified, man. Like <laughs> Rhett just kept going, and I'm like, all right, I don't want to lose my job. I need to tell these guys to get off the board. They're they're making my life a little bit hard. And Jay's giving me this stare down, like, dude, let us keep going. And then he he storms yeah. over. I thought he was gonna totally like chew me out and i was like dude please don't be mad at me please don't be mad i'm i'm i just need to stick to the schedule here <laughs> it was he just like looked at Aaron. he's like not a big deal it was so yeah. funny yeah. Uh, but but yeah i mean i think that's that's like such a magical piece the the weights training and and more so you as athletes being able to trust that once that descend and deload comes that it's going to work and once you yeah. trust that like it's magic the stuff that can happen is just amazing so it's 100%. awesome to hear it's awesome to hear that those that combination is just perfect for you guys. That's great. Uh, so we're a couple of months removed from the NCAA uh, championships. I know you mm-hmm. finaled on one meter. So what are yeah. your thoughts leading into the next phase of training, and what do you need to do to take things to the next level? Well, so one of the big things that we've been focus on, focusing on going into training is trying to put – a lot more emphasis on three meter because mm-hmm. we kind of leading into NCAAs, we had the big SECs and zones and there was a lot of push onto three meter and then it just kind of dwindled down. And I think that's where I struggled a lot going into zones on three meter was I just wasn't comfortable. Like mm-hmm. going into winter nationals, I felt extremely comfortable with my dives on three meter. There was no problems. And then going into zones, it was just like that comfortability was lost. So for me, it's going to be a lot of 
more repetitions up on three meter, making sure that I'm, I'm actually mentally there and not just going through the motions. Cause that was, I think a big thing is like going into like SECs in that time, I got really stressed out by school. And so I'd show up to practice and it was, all right, let me, let me just survive my practice and then I'm gonna go home and I need to study somewhere. Yeah. And that was, that was the really big, big deal with my three meter at zones. And so we're going to be putting a lot more emphasis trying to make sure that I'm, I feel, I feel dialed in on three meter because the physicality was not a problem. I was perfectly oh. <laughs> in shape, physical, like I could do my dives off of any hurdle, but mentally I was in this spot where it's, if I don't have the perfect hurdle, I'm so tired. I don't like, I'm just not going to be able to make it. So we're trying to build my confidence back up there doing a lot more three meter and just trying to get a lot more technical with small things because mm -hmm. on fronts inwards and twisters, I feel so great. Like it just comes <laughs> so natural to me mm -hmm. to be able to do like a front three and a half pipe, a front mm -hmm. four and a half, just triple, like they feel natural to me, mm -hmm. but yeah, I get to reverse three and a half and I'm standing on the edge of the board about to take my hurdle. And it's just like, I don't know what's going to happen. So we're trying to build a lot of, okay, well, you don't know what's going to happen because I mean, you're looking at the sky and your kick out, like you, mm -hmm. your neck's all the way cocked back. How can you expect to see? Right. So I've been spending a lot of time kind of reviewing video and this goes back to whenever I said me and Victor will go to a coffee shop, right? We have cameras at, at practice and it's okay. Well, what, what made this dive work? Mm -hmm. Well, clearly my head was down. I kicked a bit tighter, a little bit more into a pike shape and less arch. So mm -hmm. it's going in and trying to reiterate the good and get less and farther away from the bad. Yeah. Well, I think you, you had mentioned like we're focusing on small details and you always hear like, I, I would imagine growing up in Texas, you have shot a gun before. And I feel sure you've heard the phrase like aim small, miss small. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. And it's like, it's kind of like that logic. Like if you focus on those little things, then you're going to do those little things right. And the big things will take care of themselves. Yeah. A hundred percent. That That's awesome. So, so you kind of touched on it, but let's touch base on that winter nationals meet. You said going into that meet, you were extremely confident with everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, like Aaron said, you were the only male to make it out of that pre-qualification meet into the, the real meet. What was that experience yeah. like knowing you had like that qualifying score is hard. You had to not only dive well, but you had to dive really well to get that mm -hmm. score and move on. So what was that like for you, that experience? Um, it was kind of eye opening because I had only been to a winter nationals before, like, uh, sorry, uh, uh, like a junior nationals, never right. a winter, no senior stuff. And this whole realm of seeing a lot of the big names that I've heard, like Tyler Downs, Andrew yeah. Capabianco, like all these other other people that I had never interacted with. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I'm throwing my pants on to warm up and I've got Jordan Erzepko coming over and saying hi. And he's never known the person. I've got Quentin Henninger <laughs> talking. To me. It's just like all these people that I'd never known about and they're coming to talk to me. And I think that was a truly awesome experience because, I mean, I kind of went in with nobody knowing me. They might've right. seen me at one meet, which was junior nationals, but I doubt like a lot of people would kind of remember me from it. And so I got to go in as this, this new kid who just qualified for the meet was the only one and to end up second after the prelims and everybody yeah. was just like, what, where did, where did this guy come from? And yep. so that was, that was kind of a, that was cool. And I think 
like I was touching on earlier, the confidence is I was able to go into that meet with a lot more confidence than I have with some other three meter meets. Mm-hmm. Like we just, there was something about the way we were training and it was the first semester of college that we weren't so stressed about school. Yeah. There was no stress. It was, let's go in and let's, let's get to work. Right. Jay would always say, let's jump on that saddle. Let's get going, <laughs> do all this kind of stuff. And it worked really well in that first semester. Cause there was no stress. It was, we just got to enjoy, go home, relax afterwards. There was no, I've got to study for like four exams. And so having, having that was great. But overall, I think that Winter Nationals experience was one that I was super happy with. Maybe not so much with the finals, but just getting to put my name out there and getting to know a bunch of these guys and hearing all this good stuff about me. I was very excited about that. Yeah. And I'm hoping that I can come and impress a little bit coming into this new uh, the Spring Nationals. Yeah, it was it was definitely another kudos moment because that judging panel was made up of a whole bunch of excellent top tier international judges. They actually had the mm-hmm. judging school going on during that meet. So it was like, if I'm going to be honest, like I thought the judging was pretty tough. And yeah. not only to make it out of the prequal meet, but then to make finals, it was like, dang, like this kid's actually like legit. This is for real. Like, <laughs> this is, we got another big name coming and, and he's mm-hmm. here. And it, it was just really fun to watch. Um, the other thing I was going to ask, you mentioned seeing Andrew and Quinn and Jordan. What was it like? You know, you've heard their names. They don't know who you are, but like mm-hmm. you had to compete against them and, and you had to keep your cool. I'm sure you idolize those guys a little bit, yeah. knowing their names. What was that like? Well, I, it was weird calling people by their first name, for sure. Because, <laughs> I mean, you whenever you hear celebrities, it's always first and last name. And so calling <laughs> people, like going up and not saying Andrew Capabianco and just saying <laughs> Andrew was like a bit of an experience. Um, and there's definitely a lot of, like nervousness that I kind of felt around them. I felt like a small fry, if I'm on. Like, I felt like I'm new to this scene. I'm a little bit out of place. Like, everybody's looking at me like, wait, who's this guy? I've never heard of him before. Let me, like, so I definitely felt like I had a, a bit of pressure on me just in terms of a lot of people were looking at me because just people had no idea who I was. And so I'm like, I kind of noticed that I had become a little bit the talk of the town just because. Whenever I'd, I'd go back to the hotel, I'd have Rhett sitting next to me, laying in bed, and he's like, you know, I heard a lot of people talking about you today. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> let's, let's see what I could do going into these meets then. But no, yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun and super happy about it. Super excited to see what can come next. Yeah. Well, I think you were 50% right. You were new to the scene, but you were not out of place. Like, if you thought you were out of place, man, you're great. Like, you belong in that group. That's for sure. Um, you know, touching back, just, just looking back now, what area do you think you've grown the most in your diving career related to your diving? Oh, area I've grown the most. I'd have to say it's just overall ability to put dives on my head. <laughs> Cause, uh, I've got a pretty decent rip on me. So as long as I can get onto my head, I can, I could put something down. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the stuff has been okay, well, let's see what I could do to get myself up, up upside down the best. Because, I mean, it's right. a complete opposite from gymnastics. You go from right. landing on your feet to trying to put things on your head, and it was, it's like flipping your world upside down. Mm-hmm. But putting things on my head has definitely been a big difference. And another thing I'd have to say that's been 
been improved a lot is I've been focusing a lot on my form because I had, I've always had the ability to kind of throw big dives, but I never made them look the prettiest. Like that was, that was never my, like, Oh, this guy's, it just looks so pretty in the air. It was growing up. I beat people like trying to cram DD. Right. And so now that I've gotten to that stage where cramming DD just is not, you can't survive off of just that. Yeah. I've started to kind of tighten up my form and it's been a lot of help with Jay and focusing on, well, this is what looks pretty. So try to move your body into these configurations to make it look the prettiest. Cause mm-hmm. at the end of the day, whoever gets the highest scores is the one who makes it look the easiest and makes yep. it look the prettiest. So mm-hmm. just because I can make a front four and a half doesn't, doesn't make it a good front four and a half. Right. So let's, what can we do to make them prettier and better? Has yeah, that what- been difficult? like that transition, you know, going, I guess, a little more from a raw perspective to like prettying up. Has that been hard? Yeah. It was so difficult for me because throughout my life, I've always had like raw power and just like, I can throw some stuff. Like I really love disc golf. And so I'm just a massive powerhouse, but it comes to putting (laughs) and I'm standing five feet away from the basket, trying to put it in. It's like, I have no precision. I can't do this. And so it's, it's a bit different trying to like form my power and turn it more into finesse. Mm -hmm. But I think it's one that once I've like honed that craft of turning my power into that finesse, it'll be, be pretty good to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Aaron and I were, were touching base on this at when we were at winters and I actually, I correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, but we were talking about all the triple outs we were seeing. Yeah. And we were like, I think we said we liked like, objectively i thought yours looked the best you made it look easiest and it's like man like to say that someone that before that meet a lot of people didn't know your name is doing what looks like the easiest triple out is pretty insane (laughs) so yeah i think you're you're figuring it out that's for sure well thank you i appreciate that yeah so alan just overall whether it's a story about teammates or a competition what's your favorite diving memory I, oh, I know this one. It's got to be at NCAAs my freshman year whenever Curtis won three me. Because mm-hmm. we during that time, we were all, like, all of us, the divers, our coaches, our training staff, all of the swimmers, the swim coaches, everybody is just, like, honed in because it's, wow, he just won one meter yesterday. Yeah. Are we going to get a two-time? And so everyone is just, like, if, if he gets a two time, like this is record breaking for our diving. He's mm-hmm. no way he isn't getting athlete of the year. All these things of just like, and he, he's the one to do it. Right. And so we get there and he does, he does his last dive and we've got one of the swim coaches recording it on live. And he gets his front four and a half. He gets the score and we see he wins. And Sam, our old GA assistant coach, jumps up out of his chair throws the chair and into the live stream that's hosted by tex a&m screams let's effing go <laughs> just screams it and he that's immediately, awesome immediately the swim coach goes oh sorry 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 sorry, sorry. and he's trying to pull the camera away from sam because he just cursed on i mean athletics a&m stuff that's going to everybody and that was we all go back and look at that moment and think it's super funny, but just being there in the moment to watch Curtis win the NCAA championships twice 
And it was my freshman year. It was super inspiring. And it's something that I strive to do for yeah. a lot of the, for many years to come. That was, that was a cool moment too. I would just remember, you know, he's got a bunch of dives that are unbelievable, but that three meter event, I think there were like three front four and a halfs in a row. And, yeah. you know, Jonathan Sukow did one for like 102 points. And then you're it like, all right, Curtis, what you got? And then he throws it down for whatever it was, high 90s. Maybe it was over 100. It was just crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was I, definitely crazy watching, like, Johnny, he was struggling with that in the prelim or in the warm up. And I was like, ooh, I don't know how this front four and a half is going to go. And then he drills it. <laughs> and then Andrew goes up and he drills it. And it's just like, no way. No way it's coming down to this. Well, I love that just the fact that you touched on like what that moment, how it impacted you. We, I was telling Aaron about this. We were fortunate. We had a good, good nationals this year for our college <laughs> and we had a girl win one meter nationals and it, and you like described what happened to our team in that moment. Like in that moment, our men and women that were there for diving were able to see like, Oh, wow. Like this is real. This is obtainable. This is possible. In, yeah. in our program and it's like like you said it's just inspiring to be able to see that and I, it's neat to to hear you describe that whenever i got to see a team go through it and now hearing it from an mm -hmm. athlete perspective was really good but yeah, um amazing experience so so now let's kind of take you out of the diving world just for a second and what other sports do you like checking out while you're at texas a&m oh like i said earlier disc golf i mean that one is just a beauty to me because I'm, we got all the power to drive it as far as I want. But when it comes to putting it in, it's super difficult. So I'm like, I found another area where I can try to hone and finesse my power. And it really helps that having one of the, the other divers on my team, Kyle Sanchez, who's also super into disc golf. Because it all started, it was the winner going into my freshman year. And he just calls me up and he's like, hey, you look like a guy who's played disc golf. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I might have thrown a couple of Frisbees now and then whenever I was younger, I might, I might get back into this. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. And from that day, I mean, I can't, how many times we've, we've gone out. It's been so many. And it also helps because it's something that me and my dad used to do whenever I was younger. So I get to come home on weekends and say, you know what, dad, let's, let's go play some disc golf. Nice. And it feels just like I'm a little kid again. That's so awesome. It, it's super fun. And we've got a pretty good um, uh, team over at, at A&M. There's no NCAA sport yet for, mm. for disc golf. But it's kind of like how our gymnastics team is. It's mm. I can't think of the word it is, but it's almost like. Like a club or uh, intramural. Like a club. Yeah, yeah, intramural. That's the word. So we right. have, we've got an intramural team. And one of our guys, I think, won like fifth place at the collegiate championships. So. <laughs> well that also has to be a, a good sport that jay isn't too on your case about it's not like you're skateboarding yeah. or anything like yeah, yeah go play go play disc golf as much as you want alan i don't need to stress about you getting hurt doing that hopefully yeah, no kidding because we tell him all about it tell him how he should come out but he's like no nah, i don't want to walk that far and it's like well i mean that's <laughs> that's the only thing you're doing jay so it's the safest thing i can do and be outside and enjoy the outdoors without hurting myself that's awesome. Awesome. So, so now speaking of Jay, you know, you've touched on it a little bit, but what is it like diving for Jay LaRue? Um, he's very relaxed in the way that he coaches us. It's very relaxed and very 
supportive, I would say. Like, if you mess up a dive, he doesn't drill into you saying, why did you mess up that dive? Mm. Things like that. It's more of, oh, come on. Come on. Let's get one. Get get up there. Do it again. Let, show me a good one. I want to let's, – let's see how you can do it. I know you can do it better. Yeah. And it's super helpful whenever you hear those words going into your next dive because I have a bad habit of getting super zoned into my hurdle. And I'm because I'm so, like, focused on it, I mess it up. So hearing his words in my head of like, just go out there, enjoy yourself, jump high, get small. I feel like that's all I hear before every dive. And just trying to keep those words into my head has been super helpful. And I mean, he does have his crazy moments where (laughs) I'm struggling with my hurdle and he's like, all right, let's move it back. And he puts me hurdling behind the board or behind the holes on the end of the board. And I'm like, Jay, I don't, I don't think I'm going to make front four and a half hurdling this far back. It's like, just give it a try. Come on. And you, you try it and it's not the best, but he's full of outlandish ideas. And to be honest, most of the time his ideas work. Right. And a lot of the time they're exaggerations because he knows that I'll eventually auto correct into where it needs to be. Right. But he's a great coach, really knows about what he's talking about. And the best way I could describe his coaching is one day that me and my friends were playing add-on on the trampoline, my teammates. And we had this one guy who couldn't fall onto his back and do a pullover on the trampoline. Mm-hmm. And we spent maybe an hour like, Kyle, just, just pull your feet. Just do this. Do this. Yeah. And he couldn't do it. And Jay comes over and within one correction, tells him how to do it. And he does it immediately. No problem. <laughs> So I don't, it's just the way he goes about coaching is very simplistic and it's just straight to the point and it's in a way that's just makes sense to do. That's so awesome. you listen to him and you're like, okay, you know what? You're right, Jay. I'm, I know how to do it now. <laughs> you, you you may have just already gave us, uh, my next question was, what's just the best Jay LaRue story? I mean, that's pretty impressive right there. Just, hey, just do it like this. You're good. But do you have any others? Does any, anything else stick out? Oh, I've got – there's so many things with Jay. He's <laughs> such a character. <laughs> I mean, whether it's we're at Air Force Academy doing a meet, and he's just talking to everybody about how, yeah, I was in like three James Bond films for skiing. And it's just <laughs> stuff like this man has lived the most extravagant life out of any person I've ever met. And he, I mean, whether it's skiing to just all sorts of things, if there's a chance to do it in life, he's done it. That's awesome. But I mean, one that we, our team never seems to let go is when we were at winter nationals, he got, he got sick and I went and had to go to CVS and get him like a day cool bottle. Mm-hmm. And this guy had it in his pocket on deck. Like it was a, a liquor flask <laughs> <laughs> so, soaking in his pocket. And he'd pull it out and take a swig of it every now and then, and then put it back. And we're driving back to the hotel, and he's looking at all of us, and he's like, "Man, it's hard to coach when you're high as a kite on deck." And I'm like, <laughs> and he's just sitting there saying this to all of us in the car as he's driving us back to the hotel, and we're all just like, "Jay, I don't, are you sure you want to be driving us back? Like we, we, we could drive to the hotel. It's, it's not far." And he's like, no, 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 it's, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> that's that's wild. That's amazing. At, le- uh, at least he's not, at least he's not like crazy superstitious. Cause otherwise, like after the oh, meet you had, he'd be drinking that stuff. Like it's water. No, no, no. Trust me. He, he's bad. 
He, when it comes to superstition, I've never seen anybody as worse as him. <laughs> like when, when Curtis won NCAA championships, he sat in the exact same seat where he went and sat for the one meter. So he couldn't see the three meter competition. <laughs> he, he couldn't see it happen. He was underneath the three meter platform, like behind it. And like, if you give him like a fist bump before a dive and it turns out good, that's the way he's doing every every dive now. Yep. If he had his legs crossed a certain way and that's how the dive was good, that's the way he's doing it now. Like we used to have a girl, her name was Chloe Sayanez. She graduated last year and he said, you know, you seem to do your best gainers whenever I have my right leg crossed over my left. I'm doing that from now on. And without fail, he would sit however which way and then right before her gainers, he'd give it a little adjust, cross the leg over and then he'd just sit there and watch. Like, and that's, he's just, he's quite a character and I'm super, super excited and thankful to be around him. Dude, that's amazing. That's I That's awesome. taking it to a whole new level. I love that. I might have a new favorite coach. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to give him some crap when we see him a um, couple weeks. Yeah. Spring oh, Nationals. I'll give him all the crap. He'll, he'll give you some crap back, but he, he likes to banter. Good deal. Um, we're going to segue totally away from diving. I'm going to try to get to know you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I got three back-to-back here. Best book recommendation, movie recommendation, and TV show. Like, what are kind of your go-tos? Oh, um, with best TV show, can I include animes? Because I don't really yeah. watch too many TV shows, but I've, I've become really big into anime. Yep. All right. Um, I've recently found myself glued to an anime called Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't know if y'all have ever heard about Mm -hmm. it, but I just, my girlfriend's brothers are really into anime and they've kind of been coercing me into (laughs) these shows. And this is just one of the ones that they've got me to watch. I I mean, I've rewatched it like three times now. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Um, Best movie is I recently, well, not recently, but kind of watched fight club maybe a year ago yes. and i was like i had always known about it and i finally saw it on netflix and i was like you know what i've heard so much about this movie i've got two hours to kill i'm gonna watch it <laughs> nice and the mental game in that movie is just unreal like whenever it, it finally exposes the the plot it's just you're sitting back and rethinking about every situation in that movie and it's just incredible and for a book ooh, i don't know i don't really read a lot of books i guess the person who i would ask to read for a recommendation is my mom because we got her a, a little kindle thing maybe yes. two years ago and it's no more like scrolling through facebook it's only <laughs> that's awesome and it's you don't you don't bother mom while she's reading <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome all right, next one. Favorite food. Favorite food? Oh, I love seafood. Growing nice. up, we've always we've always done seafood, and my dad does amazing like crawfish boils. And that is just I love it. Nice. Favorite music. Favorite music. Oh, I really love EDM and Latin music. Yeah, I'm yes. with you on EDM, man. <laughs> yes. My, my my one diver will echo what you said. She's from Colombia, and so we added Latin music to our Ooh. playlist for practice. And it's like yeah. it's it's a game changer at practice. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like it just it's so upbeat. Yeah. All right, 
fun fact about you that not many will know? Oh, a fun fact about me? Um, I don't know. I feel like a fun fact. That's difficult. You're putting me on the spot here. Yeah. Um, I guess. I don't know. I just, I really love disc golf. And I think that's, people <laughs> like doubt the extent to which I enjoy disc golf. Like there have been times where it's 11 o'clock at night and I'll call my friend up and we'll go just putt because I'm trying to figure <laughs> this thing out. Or if you lose a disc and it goes into the pond, next thing you know, you're neck deep in water that you can't even see an inch deep, praying that you don't feel anything other than a disc. <laughs> that's, the fear that goes through my mind whenever it's just, I tell my friend every time, it's like, I can't get in the water. The lake monster is going to get me. And I feel like <laughs> such a child, but it's just... I, I love the sport and I love my disc so much that it's a risk I'm willing to take facing the lake monster. That's awesome. Uh, All right, I do. I do have one more. Who, what diver did you like watching growing up? Um, I always really liked watching he Chow and Jack lore. Mm -hmm, like yeah. watching he Chow, he was kind of like the first guy that I saw like do really crazy dives. Cause it was the first, like, I guess person that I, randomly happened to come across on the internet yeah yeah and there's the video where steel johnson i think recorded he chow's performance in somewhere in america i forget where it was but he posted it on his instagram or his youtube and i watched that video and this man is just crushing dives yeah left and right it's just it's unreal doing front four and a half kicking straight above the board and just disappearing and i was like holy crap that was my <laughs> first like eye-opening experience to what incredible diving is and then it kind of led into well you know what i'm gonna I'm start watching some stuff then maybe maybe see if i can implement some things and that led into watching jack lore and yeah. it was just like he's on another level from the things that i've been seeing and it's just he makes everything look like it's clockwork yeah. doesn't matter it's just every time yeah i i find it fascinating as we've asked that question more and more aaron how the people like, so for instance, for you, like we talk like Texas A&M, ton of power divers, and that's who you kind of got drawn to, to watch as well. So I think that's fascinating. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll get into our signature questions. Now uh, we don't treat failure. Like it's a bad thing. We treat failure like an opportunity for growth. You're either winning or you're learning. So from that perspective, what would you say your favorite failure has been, or just your best opportunity for growth? Oh, my best opportunity to, for growth. I think y'all might know it's the uh, whenever I failed full out at NCAA's in the final. That moment was so crushing because I went in the dive before, huh. had the highest scoring dive so far. Like I went back and looked at that so far, like for the past, I think, year or two, they have records of the highest scores mm -hmm. of every dive. And I saw that that was the current highest score on dive meets. And I was like, holy crap. I just did it. Like I, I pulled the one that I needed to pull out in mm -hmm. the meet, and I was so just on top of the world. I like, I couldn't rest. I couldn't sit down and it was immediately followed with, I just failed the dive right. in the fight. And that was so like, that was rough. And I come out and it's just, I know I, you, you just have those moments where, you know, you messed up. Mm -hmm. And that was one of them where I was like, I really, I let my good dive get the better of me. And I got mm -hmm. too excited and too amped up whenever I know I need to try to stay calm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's definitely helped me like progress in a sense of from now on, 
I'm going to do my best at not letting my emotions get the better of me in a meeting. Yeah. Cause I don't know. I'm a really emotional guy and that mm-hmm. are like in, in my actions. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. So I feel like that's the reason a lot of, I have a lot of power in things is because I just, I use my emotion to, to get me through the things that need power. Yeah. And so it's turned into more of like, I need to be able to control these emotions and not let the best dive I've, I've competed be completely followed by like the worst dive. Right. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to go in further now or like progress throughout competition. Yeah. I think we even, we even said that Aaron after, okay. Full disclosure up until Carson Tyler's back three and a half. I think Aaron and I were on the same page that your front three and a half pike on one meter was like the dive of the meat. Like, yes, it was. I actually, I don't, do you have a video of it, Alan? Uh, I have only the ESPN video coverage. All but right, it's well, like... I have one because I videoed every single dive. So I, when we're all done, I will send it to you tomorrow oh, when I get yes, to the pool. Please. It's like from the far side, the three meter side. And I just have it sitting mm-hmm. on the rail. I showed my divers this because they're like, oh, we want to see Andrew Capo Bianco's front three and a half pike. I go, his was really good. You need to watch Allen's. And I showed them, and they're like, how do you even do that? And I was like, I don't know. I go, I don't know. But yeah, so, oh, yeah, sorry. I would love to have that video. Yeah, I got you. Um, So my next one is whatever diving arena you come from, what can they do to improve? So NCAA perspective, what can the NCAA do to improve? And then a step further, what can we do to improve it? Um, I think one big problem that I faced throughout at least this NCAAs, and it's kind of been throughout other NCAAs, is I come from a place that has an amazing dry land and an amazing ability to like warm up before you get doing your dives. Mm. But twice now I've been to two NCAAs and it's the pools are, they're pretty good pools. Thankfully, like at this year at NCAAs, Jay was able to fix the one meter that I dove on because it had a massive crack in it, which was just baffling that they were about to let that go through with nobody catching an eye on it and nobody checking out until Jay is like, you know what? I need to look at this thing. And there's like a four inch long crack, which is super scary for everyone. Yeah. You're not, you're not the first to say that at that pool, by the way. Oh my God. It was, yeah. Like once we found out that it had a crack and we had our zones there the, the two weeks prior and we were just looking at it like, Jay, are you kidding me? We really dove on this thing. Like that's, that's, that's crazy. That's scary. Cause at any moment, if Victor pounded that board or I mistimed that board, that board could have snapped and somebody yeah. could have got really hurt. Yeah. But um, like a big thing I've noticed is it's very difficult, like trying to warm up for NCAA championships. Like they, they did their best. Like they had a couple of dry boards and some trampolines, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really feel like it meets the standard of, wow, this is the NCAA championships. We have internationals coming here. We've got people from all over the world, amazing mm-hmm. divers, and they're warming up on dry boards that they can't even use because mm-hmm. the dry boards up there were super low to the ceiling and they were not the best. And the same thing with the trampolines. Like the trampolines were super tight and they were just kind of, I don't know, it felt like if you really jumped on them as hard as you could, you were going to break something. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's just <clears throat> me personally because I come from, an amazing dryland facility so anywhere we go it doesn't feel like they have a good dryland facility but i feel like i've this is wrong especially true throughout like several like i've been to two ncaa championships now and it feels like sure for a dual meet or like a simple meet like that 
that dryland, you you'd be fine. Yeah. But like NCAA championships, dryland, I feel like it's got to be important. Yeah, that's yeah. that's actually a really good point. No, something yeah. that I never even thought of. But yeah, yeah great point. Um, so this next one, we've been uh, we've been asked to start asking this one. So I'll just add it to my signature questions. What's your why? Like, what's what's so special about diving that this is the sport you chose? What's your why? I chose it because it's it's challenging. Diving is one of the most physically challenging sports that you can do in terms of having ultimate body control. And it's something that not many people can do. Like there's several sports where everyone can jump in and start doing it. Yeah, I mean, sure, you, you're not going to be the best, but very few people get the chance to say, you know what, I'm going to go run off of this thing that's 30 feet high and I'm going to do a bunch of flips. I'm going to make it look super pretty. And I'm going to disappear into the water with no splash. And so I think it's that challenging aspect of diving and my want to overcome that challenge and make this difficult and be super like pleased with my ability in this sport that has just, it's led an endless like rampage of trying to get better and better and better is I just really love challenging things. And this is one of the most challenging things that a person can do in terms of controlling their body. You're you're on it with the disc golf too. I play a lot of golf and all of those sports. It's just agonizing how we <laughs> always try to be perfect and you never will be. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to get to that level where people get to look at you and say like, wow, I don't feel like this guy ever misses. It's right. just yeah. something that I strive for. Yep. Yeah. All right, Alan, what is your favorite drill to do? My favorite drill? Oh, I really... Oh man. Um does like dry board into the pit count as a drill? Yep, whatever that's, you want. Yeah. If that's the case, that's that's number one. Because nice. that's where I've kind of perfected all of my like aerial techniques, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is without that pit, triple the way I do triple out would have been yeah. a lot difficult to try to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Because I ha- no, it's just like I I had that confidence going into a pit of We've got cloth covered pit cubes. So you could land on your neck and nothing is going to happen. Right. It doesn't like the most you'll get is you'll get stuck. And then you just put all your toes and everybody kind of comes and gets you out. (laughs) Like that, the dry land pit is the most influential thing that I've had throughout practice. And it's definitely one of the big contributors to the way that I'm able to do my diving. Yeah. That, that, Honestly, it seems like a cheat code. Like if you have a board into a foam pit, it really seems like a cheat code for a lot of programs that have access to that. So (laughs) that I wish, I wish we had more facilities that accommodated that and were able to add a diving board to a pit and and work together with the gymnastics center or whatever it may be, because it's it's unique. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Best advice you've either given and or received. Um, I would say like some of the best advice that I've received was I was I was really at a down in diving my freshman year and I was kind of struggling to to pick myself up because I was I just I felt beat and I'm standing around all these crazy good guys and I'm like man am I ever going to be able to get to the point where these guys are Mm -hmm. and I think it was it was Jay he kind of noticed that all of us were struggling a bit and he looked at us and he's like look everybody we just need to calm down take a breath the bad is what's going to lead us into the good because you can't have the good without the bad. 
And so we're going through the bad now so we can have the good later. And I think that's something anytime I'm in like a bit of a down area, I just tell myself, look, it's bad now, but it's bad now so I can be good later. And that's been, it kind of keeps me going forward. I re- I just wrote that one down. I, I like really like that. So I, I didn't even tell Aaron this. So like we, um we got a new record board at our pool and we have a bunch mm-hmm. of blank placards that we hung up for the first year. And I kept all of them because I'm like, oh, I can figure something neat to do. I think I'm yeah. just going to take good quotes from coaches and hang them in our dryland room. And like, <laughs> I, already right. wrote, I already wrote two down for Jay. Jump high, get small, and the bad will lead us into the good. And I'm like, those are good quotes. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Who would you like to hear us interview next? Ooh, I'm not very familiar with who y'all have interviewed. Is there like, I know I, I've definitely seen the one with, um, where is it? Who was it? Uh, what's his name? I think it was like two episodes ago. He, who, I think he got second, second or third at, and oh, I got third at one meter. That at NCAA. Jack, Jack Ryan. Jack, Jack. Yeah. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, Jack. Um, but if I could pick anyone, I don't know. So you name some anyone. There's some interesting characters that I've been around on the pool deck. I think you should get Red Hensley. You know, that guy's got Red. a lot of energy. I think he'll be a good one to interview. Especially with right. how well he did this year, I think he should be good. All right. I'll write it down. Awesome. And then this is the last question we kind of have for you is what question aren't we asking that we should be? Um, I guess y'all should ask like uh intercompetition, like while people are in competition, what what is their routine from dive to dive? Uh, I feel like that's something that could be interesting and you kind of people listening can get to pick up aspects that they hear and try to implement them in their competition routine. All right. What's your routine? I was just going to say, I actually do ask that quite a bit. I don't know why I left it off this one. So now I'm interested. What's your routine? Um, so a lot of people say, don't look at the score, but if I don't look at the score, I drive myself absolutely crazy. So (laughs) what I tend to do is I, like five, maybe seven divers before my turn. I go talk to Jay, give that last little second of just remember this kind of thing, right? And I get on the board and I just try to keep myself as calm as I can be. And I do my dive, get out. We talk to Jay, see how, how that dive went. And I have to sit by the pool deck and watch the competition. Nice. Because if I'm not watching the competition, I've tried many different things where it's like, okay, I go back, I'm going to be on my phone, going to immerse myself in music and something else and get myself away so that way I can go in calm. That never seems to work for me. Right. Instead, I have to, I finish my dive and I go and I sit as close to it as I can and just watch the competition. And whenever you're in amazing competitions like NCAAs, it's even more of an experience to get to sit and you're sitting there watching it. And I start to think that I'm kind of like a spectator. And then I look at it and go, no, I'm, I'm competing too. I'm, I'm in this also. And that kind of helps me keep my, my level up and my, my focus in, into the meet. That's yeah. cool, man. You're a competitor. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's like in my mind, I like almost view it as like, you're sitting there watching dives and it's like, all right, all right. All right. And like, you're getting pumped. And then it almost reminds you like, okay, I need to get back to where I need to be. And then mm-hmm. it's almost like yeah. you just kind of let yourself 100%. get excited and then bring it down. A hundred percent. That's, that's awesome. Exactly. That's the best way to describe it. 
That that's awesome. Well, Alan, that's it for the questions we have. We just want I just want to say thank you. I've been really looking forward to this and and I do oh, remember thank you. I yeah, I do remember watching you as a junior. I remember watching you at West Virginia at the AAU meet and then at Junior Nationals and mm-hmm. you always saying yes ma'am to Wendy and her telling you to stop <laughs> saying that and uh, so I I'm just again, like Aaron said, like definitely one of the biggest rising stars in, in our diving scene here in the U S and I'm really excited to see what you do in the future. I will not be at West Virginia. Um, but Aaron will be a bunch of my college divers will be there. The ones I showed the video of, so they'll be excited to meet you. And, uh, oh, I just of hope, course. I'll make sure to go spend some time with Aaron. Yeah. I, uh, I hope you just light them on fire there, man. So best of <laughs> luck and, and stay in touch. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm also really glad that you pronounced your own name on this because I was definitely pronouncing it wrong. So now I know. So that's exciting. Um, But if you're out there listening, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is the diving pod at gmail.com. Again, t-shirts and hoodies and hats still for sale at divingpod.itemorder.com. Enter dive pod at checkout for free shipping. Alan, a true pleasure. Thanks again, man. I'm excited to see you in a few weeks. This episode will probably get posted after spring nationals or like Mm -hmm. right when we're there. So the, the timing is a little bit weird saying oh i'm excited to see you when you know when people are going to be listening to this it'll probably yeah. be over but um hopefully you killed it <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> like so too. Awesome. all right we'll see you next time